Welcome to Tuned to Yesterday, delivering programs from Radio's Golden Era. I'm your host, Mark Lavonier. Western's in this hour. Later on, we hear John Daner as Paladin and Half Gun Will Travel. But right now, it's Jimmy Stewart as Britt Ponsett, the six-shooter, in an NBC broadcast called Billy Riddle from November 29, 1953. moment you'll hear James Stewart as the six shooter just one of the many fine programs brought to you Sundays on NBC listen to the NBC star playhouse with Frederick March and Florence Eldridge hear stroke of fate and what might have happened if fate had reversed historical facts and keep tuned for the dramatic story of last man out it's a lineup of great programs all of them heard only on NBC James Stewart as the six shooter The man in the saddle is angular and long-legged. His skin is sun-dyed brown. The gun in his holster is gray steel and rainbow mother of pearl, its handle unmarked. People call them both the six-shooter. The NBC radio network presents James Stewart as the six-shooter, a transcribed series of radio dramas based on the life of Britt Ponsett, the Texas Plainsman who wandered through the Western territories, leaving behind a trail of still-remembered legends. snow was beginning to melt by the time I reached Dawson. You could hear it dripping from the eaves, hitting the boardwalk along the main street. I'd figured on being in town a couple of days earlier, but that storm sort of threw me off schedule. Not that I had to be there any particular day, but my winter job at Dave Engelman's ranch would be waiting for me whenever I showed up. But the sooner I got to Dave's, the sooner we could start moving his herd down to lower ground. Oh, Scar. Oh. Oh boy. Well, I it's almost noon, so I tied Scar to the hitching rail in front of Brick Vining's gambling hall and went hunting a place to eat. The town was sort of showing a little wear and tear. Of course, Dawson never had been a rich place, and I guess the drought last summer hadn't helped much. Folks just didn't have the money for improving the real estate, that's all. Except the jail. Huh. Gee, for, for a minute, I couldn't believe my eyes. Well, it was all fixed up. Fresh green paint on the outside, new wooden steps leading up to the front door. Real honest-to-goodness bars in the cell windows. Well, it sure was a different jail, all right. But the face grinning out at me from behind those cast-iron bars, well, <laughs> that face hadn't changed a bit since the last time I was in Dawson. Howdy, Britt. Hello, Milt. <laughs> I heard you was coming to town. Dave Engelman said you signed up with him. Yeah, that's right. You, uh, you in for something, Milt? You... Oh, there's a little <laughs> ruckus over at Brick Fighting's place last night. Some folks said I started it. Uh-huh. Mm, reckon they're right. You do, huh? Mm. Yeah. Uh, seems to me like you were in jail when I left Dawson a couple years back, isn't oh. it? Uh... Was it, uh, Saturday night or Sunday morning? Uh, could have been, could have been. I don't remember exactly. Well, if it was a Saturday night or Sunday morning, like as not, I was here. I ain't missed being thrown in more than two Saturday nights since they first built a place. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you're living in style. I, George, this jail looks a lot fancier than it used to be. Yes, yes. New sheriff fixed it all up. New sheriff, huh? Sure. Oh, you heard about Saul Gordon being killed, didn't you? No. No, well, what happened? Oh, well, it happened, oh, maybe a couple of months ago. And, well, come on inside and have a look around while I tell you about it. Well, I don't know about that, Mel. You know, maybe the new sheriff wouldn't oh, care about Oh, Sheriff Billy wouldn't mind. He'd like you to pay us a visit. Now, come on, come on, Britt. The front door's unlocked. Well, all right, all right. 
Oh, that's some desk, ain't it? Solid mahogany. He had it shipped here all the way from Frisco. Is that so? Mm-hmm. He paid for it out of his own pocket, too, Billy did. Town couldn't afford a desk like that. Oh, no, no. I don't suppose it could. Well, what about Saul? What, what, what happened to him? Well, like I said, it was around two months ago. The Baxter brothers had been seen heading this way from White Eagle. When Sheriff Gordon heard about it, he... Well, he got some men together and started looking for him. Mm-hmm. Young Billy hadn't been in town very long. He wasn't obliged to join the posse, but he went anyway. Billy Riddle. Oh, uh, that's his name, Britt. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't a very big posse, and when one of them Baxter shot the sheriff, well, that'd have been the end of it if Billy hadn't have took charge. Why, he managed to get off a couple of shots, and the next thing you know, both of them Baxter boys surrendered. <laughs> So when Billy came back to town, well, nobody else was very anxious for the job of sheriff, so he seemed to be the logical man for it. You know, the way he handled the posse and all. Sure, sure. Of course, sure. some of the folks thought he was a little young for the job. Well, can't be more than 22 or 23, but he's got a good, firm grip on himself. He does. Huh? Oh. oh, he ought to be showing up about now. He always turns me loose in time from a Sunday dinner. Real nice young fella. You'll like him. A mm, uh, southern boy. Oh? Yeah, I don't know why he came out west exactly. Good thing for the town he did, though. Oh, howdy, Sheriff, howdy. Oh, we're just talking about you. This here is Britt, uh, Britt Ponsett. Ponsett? Oh, that's right. You've heard of him, ain't you? He's six-shooter. Oh, sure, sure. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Ponsett. Howdy, Sheriff. I, uh, just strolling by and Milt asked me to come inside. Oh, glad so. you did. Well, Milt, I reckon you'd like to be on your way. Oh, I don't know, Sheriff. This jail's getting to be a darn sight more comfortable than my cabin. What with all your improvements? Well, if you want to stay... Oh, well, on I... second thought, I, I'd better be getting home now. Th- thanks, thanks for the hospitality anyway. <laughs> don't mention it. Uh, uh, you heading my direction, Brad? Uh, well, I'd... If, I'd uh, you don't mind, Mr. Ponsett. I'd like to talk to you. Just for a couple of minutes. Sure, sure. Well, so long, then. See you next Saturday, sure. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> Bye, Mel. <laughs> uh, I trust I'm not keeping you from anything, sir. No, no, no. I was just thinking about eating a little dinner, maybe, if there's a cafe open. Old Cotton serves a pretty good meal on Sunday. That's Cotton all? White, yeah. Place is right around the corner. Fine, fine. Well, I'll give that a try. You, you wouldn't care to join me, would you? We could talk while we're eating. That is, if you don't have any other plans. Oh, thanks, Mr. Ponsett. I'd like to join you. You see, I'd been hoping you'd turn up in Dawson. Hmm. My George, I... I sure was a nice, tender pot roast, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, but oh, I ate too much, though. Huh? Oh, no, my belt's cutting into me like a cinch here. Wait a minute. What was it you had in your mind, Billy? My name's Riddle, Mr. Ponson. Bill Riddle. Uh-huh, yeah, Milt told me. Uh, the name doesn't mean anything to you? No, no, not offhand. I heard a lot about you, Mr. Ponson, since I came to Dawson. Folks say you've traveled a lot around this part of the country. Covered it all from one end to the other. Boy, I've done my share of moving about. Uh, what I wanted to know was if you ever ran into anybody else with the same last name as me. Riddle? Blake Riddle. That's the full name. Uh, relative? My father. Oh, oh. It's not a very common name. If you heard it, you'd be likely to remember it. Yes, yes. Here's your pie, Sheriff. But watch that plate, though. It's hot. Thanks, God. No, no, I don't think I ever heard that name before. Well, I I wanted to be sure. Was your your father in these parts? Uh, I don't know. I know he was once. Uh, not here in Dawson, but somewhere in this territory. Mm-hmm. You haven't heard from him lately? No. No, I've never heard from him. Oh? The fact of the matter is, I, I've never even seen him. You see, he brought my mother out west here before I was born. Wasn't the kind of life she'd been used to. She was born and raised in the south. Family had a plantation. I see. Those days, the frontier must have been pretty wild. Anyway, when it came time for me to be born, she went back home. 
And your father didn't go with her? No. Uh -huh. Maybe they had a quarrel. Maybe he didn't like her leaving him. I, I don't know. Uh -huh. Later on, she, she told me he was dead. But I found out that wasn't true. At least it wasn't true when she told me. Oh? Anyhow, Mother died last year. In her things was a letter from Dad. It had been mailed from Denver about 15 years ago. Said he was going to buy a ranch somewhere around Phoenix. He asked Mother to bring me along and meet him. From the way it was written, you could kind of tell he didn't expect her to come. Yeah, yeah. Well, some folks don't bear up very well when they're transplanted, you know. They take root in one place, and there's no point in trying to move. Yeah, I reckon they just weren't suited. But now, well, I thought maybe if Dad was still alive, I thought maybe he and I... Tell you the truth, Mr. Ponson, I guess I'm his son, even though I never saw him. More his than mother's. I see. And ever since I can remember, I've wanted to come west, even before I knew about him. And I've been happy out here, too, happier than I've ever been in my life. Of course, I didn't figure on being sheriff. That was uh, just an accident. Well, be that as it may, you're the sheriff, and Milt says you're a darn good one, so you... At least got one satisfied customer. <laughs> I'm going to try, Mr. Ponson. I'm going to try hard. I just wish that Dad... Well, if you should ever run into him, why... Sure, sure. What, what the Sam Hill does? Sounds like somebody's getting frisked. There he goes, Sheriff. All about the mercantile. Yeah. Oh, he ain't doing no harm. He's just shooting up in the air that way. He ain't doing no good either. Looks like he's running out of lead. Uh, yes, yes, it, there he goes. Into Brick Vining's place. And put the dinners on my bill, Cotton. I'll pay you for them later. Sure, Sheriff. Sure. Well, hold up a minute, Billy. Yeah? Hey, uh, didn't you recognize that fellow, the one's doing the shooting? What? No. Why should I? Well, his name is Ben Reed. Reed? You sure, Mr. Ponson? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I, I thought he was in jail over at Fort Lyon. I thought the marshal arrested him last month. Well, Ben Reed's been in a lot of jails, but he always sort of manages to break out somehow, you know. He won't break out of mine. You gonna arrest him, Sheriff? He's an outlaw, ain't he? Why, sure, sure, but he's mighty fast with a gun. At least so I hear. Ain't that right, Mr. Ponsett? Yeah, yeah, that's what folks say. Well, I guess there's only one way to find out. Sheriff Billy was young, all right, but he didn't walk young, and he didn't swagger. He just moved ahead like a man who knew where he was going. Of course, being a few years older wouldn't have done him any harm, especially if he was going to tangle with Ben Reed. And Well, well, there, there didn't seem to be any reason for me to miss all the excitement, so I started off in the direction of the gambling hall. If young Bill didn't know what he was doing, well, he would soon find out. Ben Reed was sitting at a poker table dealing the cards. He didn't even look up when Bill came over and stood beside him. But Ben knew somebody was there, and he knew whoever it was was wearing a star. He laid the deck of cards on the table, and he rested his left hand on his knee. Was I sure hope Billy knew that Ben was left-handed. Your name's Reed. Ben Reed. Are you talking to me? I asked if you're Ben Reed. Yeah, I'm Reed. You broke out of jail over at Fort Lyon. Don't look like I'm still there, does it, Sonny? And you're going back. Oh. You're under arrest. I heard this town got themselves a new sheriff. Some youngster wasn't even dry behind the ears. Get on your feet. Sure. You know, most fellas your age never have a lot to live for. They'd be sort of careful who they started ordering around, but uh, maybe you're different. Maybe I am. What's your name, kid? Just for the record, I always like to know a man's name before I... Before there's any trouble. Bill Riddle. 
Sheriff Bill Riddle. Give me a gun, Reed. I said, give me a gun. For a couple of minutes, they stood there, not moving, staring at each other. And Ben Reed's left hand slid down his hip a couple of inches. And in spite of myself, I found my own hand going for my holster. And then Ben's fingers stopped. And I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes. He unbuckled his gun belt and let it drop on the floor. Well, I guess the only person in that room who wasn't surprised was Billy. He just picked up those guns. He nodded to the door. Ben didn't even look back. He marched right out into the street and Billy behind him. Uh, it was a minute or so before it sank in just what had happened. Sheriff Billy Riddle had arrested Ben Reed without even drawing his gun. We'll return to James Stewart as the six-shooter in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention, please. I've got $100, 100 genuine United States dollars, and they're yours for a mere 75. Well, friends, suppose you heard an offer like that. You'd jump at it fast, wouldn't you? Well, that's the very offer I'm making you today. I'm promising a guaranteed return of $4 for every $3 you invest. And all you do is buy United States savings bonds. So sign up today for the payroll savings plan where you work or the bond a month plan where you bank. You'll feel more secure tomorrow if you buy United States savings bonds today. Now, Act Two of The Six Shooter, starring James Stewart as Britt Ponsett. About two o'clock that Sunday afternoon, the snow started coming down again. Big, real big, heavy snow. So I left Scar at the livery stable and got myself a room at Mrs. Kramer's boarding house. Yeah, I sure didn't like the idea of going out for supper, but Mrs. Kramer said that she didn't fix food on Sunday night. She, she was lead soprano in the church choir, and rain or snow, she had to be there for the evening service. There wasn't anybody else who could carry the melody. So I put on just about all the clothes I had with me and headed for Cotton White's Cafe. Howdy, Mr. Ponson. Oh, sure is coming down, ain't it? Yeah. We don't yeah. usually get a big snow like this before January or That's maybe so. February. Uh, it seems like the weather's changing. I wonder what's causing it. I don't know, Cotton. No, no. Well, I, I was afraid you might be closed. No, I would be, except for these lunches I'm packing. Hmm? Yeah, the sheriff caught me just as I was locking the door. Oh? The idea of leaving for Fort Lyon in a blizzard like this. Fort Lyon? That's where he says he's going. Well, what for? He wants to turn Ben Reed over to the marshal there. He sure is in a big hurry to get rid of him for some reason. This don't make sense. Hmm. Yeah, like it's not they'll never make it to Lyon, any one of them. But Billy says they're starting tonight, so... Ah, yeah. oh, well, now that does it. Oh, I'll just run these over to jail. You can pour yourself a cup of coffee, Mr. Ponson. I'll be right back. Well, why not let me take them over for you, Carter? See, I'm, I'm all bundled up and everything. Oh, of course not, Mr. Ponson. No trouble, no trouble. Besides, I'd kind of like to have a talk with Bill before he leaves town. Well, if you're sure. And, and don't stay open for me. I'll just get a cup of coffee from Mrs. Cream. Yeah, that, that, that's all I wanted anyway. Good night. Good night, Mr. Thanks for bringing them over, Mr. Ponson. Good night. Hey, Billy, you, uh, you serious about striking out for Fort Lyon tonight? Yeah. 
Well, it looks to me like he's as safe here as he would be anywhere else. Guess he don't appreciate my company. That's right. I don't. Uh-huh. Well, you're the sheriff. Yeah. You know, Fort Lyon's a two-day ride in good weather. You know, no telling how long it'll take you to get in a storm like this. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Was something happened, Billy? I don't know what you mean. Well, I guess it's none of my business, whatever it is. No, it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Mr. Ponson, I... Oh, what's the use? Somebody will find out sooner or later. I'm not taking him to Fort Lyon. As soon as we get out of town, I'm going to turn him loose. What? And I'm not coming back to Dawson. I'm going home to Georgia, where I belong. Well, I suppose you've got your reasons. I told you. I only came out here to find my father. And I told you this was my lucky day. I found him. Of course, he wasn't quite what I expected. He's a thief, an outlaw, and a killer. You mean Reed? You knew it too, didn't you? No. No, I didn't know anything of the kind. Well, you must have guessed it then. When he let me take him without lifting a finger to stop me, you said yourself he was fast with a gun. Well, that's, I said that's what I heard. But the fact a man lets another man arrest him, well, that doesn't necessarily prove kinship. I, I got the proof right here. Huh? It's a mighty pretty locket. Open it up. Huh? Ron, open it. That's my mother's picture when she was a girl. It's copied from a picture that hangs in our parlor back home. And he was carrying it fastened to his gun belt. That's so, Reed? His name isn't Reed. It's Blake Riddle. He's loco, Ponce. Ask anybody. I'm Ben Reed. I always have been. You're a fool to lie about it. If you weren't Blake Riddle, you'd be going to prison. I've been in prison before. And because you think he's your father, you're going to turn him loose. Is that it, Billy? I don't care about him or anything that happens to him. But she loved him once. At least she must have thought she did. And afterwards, you're getting out of town, huh? I don't reckon Dawson would have much use for a sheriff who was Ben Reed's kid. Well, they wouldn't have to know. I'd know it. I'd always know it. Even if they didn't. Well, the town was mighty proud of you, Billy. Uh, at least I won't be the first lawman who couldn't hang on to Ben Reed. No. No, no, that's true enough. It just seems to me you're acting on mighty flimsy evidence. It seems to me there's a lot of ways a man could get a hold of a locket like this one. I wouldn't necessarily follow that he really belongs to him. Of course, if Reed says it's his... I it's... ain't said that. He never asked me. I didn't have to ask Well, what about it, Reed? Where'd you get it? I had it so long, I almost forgot. Yeah. But it all come back to me when you was making such a fuss. <laughs> Never thought a piece of junk like that had caused so much stir. Go on. I, I, I found it. Well, it must be about 15 years ago now, maybe more. I was down around Phoenix, a little town named uh, Court City. There were some other boys with me, and... Folks sort of got the idea we'd held up the bank, come looking for us with a posse. Well, there was a couple hours of shooting, and afterwards the posse went back without us. Those that were still alive, that is. What's all this got to do with Well, I'll finish, Bill. Well, we, we uh, went out to look at the bodies, you know, just to make sure the fellows were dead. One of them was carrying that locket, so I... Uh... Are you trying to say you killed my father? I don't know who killed him, not for certain. We was all shooting... I suppose it could have been me. You're lying, you're lying. Well, why should he lie? If it's the truth, why did he keep that locket? Wasn't worth anything. Didn't have any value. Well, why did he keep it? I, I'll tell you, kid. When when I opened it up and looked at it, I, I said to myself, now, she's pretty nice looking. So I thought seeing as how the fellow who was carrying the locket was sort of out of action and Maybe someday I might run into the woman in person having her picture. It sort of give me an excuse. You to... filthy rotten. I'd kill you. I'd kill you with my bare hands. Bill, Bill, now, get hold of yourself. How could I ever have thought that a dirty, rotten killer would be my own? I must have been crazy, plum crazy. You sure were. 
The idea of a kid of mine turning out to be a sheriff. It took Billy Riddle a little while to simmer down. When he finally did, he changed his mind about going to Fort Lyon. He decided to wait until the storm had died down, until he was sure of delivering the prisoner. Reed didn't say anything, not another word. Not until Bill went out back to get some wood for the pot-bellied stove. Why are you looking at me like that, Ponson? You, you didn't believe me, did you? Not entirely, Reed. No, not entirely. Why not? Well, for one thing, I... I was in Court City when you robbed that bank, and it wasn't 15 years ago, it was about four years ago. And the posse that went out after you, well, they didn't even get close to you. They came back, and all of them hadn't fired a shot. Well... And there was another, uh, I think you would call it discrepancy. What's that? I knew all those boys in that posse, and none of them was named Riddle. Well... One thing was true enough, the important thing. Oh? His father is dead. And I killed him. What? Twenty years ago, when his mother went off and left me, when she wouldn't come back, when she wouldn't even answer my letters, that's when I killed the man his father had been. I didn't think I had anything to live for. I didn't think I'd ever see Billy. I didn't think I'd ever see him as long as I lived. That's when I turned outlaw and became Ben Reed. That's uh, when I killed Blake Riddle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. But as far as I'm concerned, there's a lot more of Blake Riddle here tonight than there is of Ben Reed. At least that's what it appears to me. Well, it was a couple of days before that storm let up and Sheriff Billy could take him over to the marshal at Fort Lyon. And he got him there, too. No trouble at all. Of course, a lot of folks said that afterwards Ben Reed would just break out of jail again like he always had before, but... You know, so far, he hasn't even tried to. It's, uh, people just don't understand it. He, he's, uh, now, he, he's practically a model prisoner. <clears throat> the Six Shooter is an NBC Radio Network production in association with Review Productions. The Six Shooter, on Tuned to Yesterday from November 29, 1953, on NBC. Actor Alan Reed portrayed the part of outlaw Ben Reed in that last broadcast. And although in 1953 alone he starred as Pasquale in Life with Luigi and in bit parts on the onstage series My Friend Irma, Escape, and the Hallmark Hall of Fame, as well as the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, his voice was best known in his post-radio years as the voice of Fred Flintstone on the cartoon voicing him up until his death in 1977. You're listening to an hour of Westerns on Tuned to Yesterday. I'm your host, Mark Levonier. And now it's time for Half Gun Will Travel from October 9th, 1960 on CBS. John Daner stars in the story, Talika. I was beginning to think that you were no longer a boy that you were now a man. I was wrong. You're acting like a stupid child. Have Gun, Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875, the Carlton Hotel, headquarters of a man called Paladin. 
Yes. Oh, Mr. Oh. Paladin? Hello, hey boy. Come on in. Oh, uh, uh, you want me to take Trey and Glasses downstairs now? Yes, thank you. He have long talk with man up here this afternoon. Yes, he's an old friend of mine, Colonel Amos R. Leland, United States Army, now retired. Oh, he so? Uh-huh. And the colonel's father was General Amos R. Leland, United States Army, now deceased. Perhaps you remember him? Oh, General Amos R. Leland. Oh. No, sir. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I guess there's been an Amos R. Leland carrying a high rank in the United States Army since, well, since the United States had an army. The Amos R. Leland seems to be in rut. Well, it looks like the present generation is going to put a stop to it. Amos Jr. is a second lieutenant, and he doesn't seem very enthusiastic about it. Oh, Amos Jr. don't like Army, eh? No, the colonel has heard indirectly that the boy is going to resign his commission. Oh, resign? Mm-hmm. He wants me to check on it. Oh, you go snoopy for colonel, Mr. Paladin? <laughs> well, I wouldn't put it that way, hey, boy. I know young Leland. He's a fine boy. If he has some problem, maybe I can help him. Seems to me, uh, maybe Amos Jr. just don't like Army. That's quite possible, hey, boy. It was late in the day when I reached Tucson. I checked into a hotel and early the next morning rode out to Fort Bleecker, where young Leland had been transferred after a brief tour of duty with the War Department in Washington. When I reached the stockade gates, I dismounted and crossed the dusty parade ground of the low, squat administration building to inquire where I might find the lieutenant. I was directed to his room in the BOQ, the bachelor officer's quarters. Come in. Paladin. Hello, Amos. Good to see you. Paladin, what a surprise. What brings you to this godforsaken place? You? Well, sit down. Thank you. Uh, Amos, I see no reason to beat about the bush. Your father asked me to look in on you. Uh, got wind of my resignation. Poor Dad. I'm afraid I'm quite a disappointment to him, Paladin. Well, he, uh, he's disturbed about you, and I'll admit that I'm puzzled. As I recall, Amos, you graduated from the Academy with honors. What happened? It's very simple. When I was in Washington, the job I had gave me access to certain files. Going through them one day, I uncovered an irregularity that I felt merited the attention of my superior officers. So you brought it to their attention? Of course. Did they act on it? Immediately. Here I am, as far away from the department as I can get. Amos, when you were in Washington, was it part of your job to go through the files? No. Oh, I see. You were meddling. I don't call it that. You were prying into something that didn't concern you. I discovered a gross blunder. I think it concerns me and every American. Did it serve any of us Americans to bring the blunder to light? Did any of us benefit from it? In my opinion, the bumbling of the army should be exposed at every opportunity. So I have to resign. Well, I think you've come to a wise decision, Amos. The army apparently is no longer the place for you. I agree. But I hope they don't wait too long to accept my resignation. After Fort Bleecker, I don't know where they can send me except to the firing squad. Have you been peeking in the files again? Oh, not just the files. I've been snooping around the whole territory. And this time I really have something. Like what? Like this setup smells to high heaven. Now, couldn't you have been a little hasty in drawing your conclusions? You've been here how long now? Long enough to unearth some startling facts about the way things are run out here. And this time, I'm not going to trust my information to go through channels. I'm going straight to the great white father. The president? Yes. I can't act as an officer in the United States Army, but I can act as a private citizen. Well, Amos, I must remember you're no longer that boy I used to know. You're a man. It's your life. Yes. The only one I've got. And right now, I'm hoping I'll be able to hang on to it for a while. What do you mean by that? I'm skating on awfully thin ice, Paladin. My plan must not be discovered. Ah, good evening, Pedro. Oh, Mr. Paladin, I think you go already back to San Francisco. No, I decided to stay a while. 
A beer, please. Uh, si, senor Paladin. Oh, hot night, isn't it? Mm, calor bárbaro. Uh. Uh, there you are. Oh, thank you. Uh, senor Paladin. Yeah. You are a friend of the Lieutenant Amos Leland? Yes, I am. I saw him yesterday. I am also his friend. He was in here today look for you. He was here? In Tucson? See. Si. Have you any idea where I can find him? Maybe I would think at La Casa Delgado. Where's that? It's a little hotel here in Old Town, down the street, around the corner. You find him, Senor Paladin. My friend Amos Leland seemed to have big worry. Thanks, Pedro. Who is it? Amos, it's Paladin. Amos, Hey, what's the idea? Put that gun away. Come in. Come in and close the door and lock it. Sure. There. You weren't followed, were you? There's no one with you. No. What's the matter with you? Sorry, I guess I'm just plain scared. Pedro at the cantina said you were looking for me. Yes, I, I wanted to talk to you. All right, let's talk. Well, there isn't time now. Every second counts. I've been waiting till dark. Now I've got to move fast. Where are you going? I've got to hide out for a while. Amos, has the Army's acceptance of your resignation come through? No, no, not yet. Then you're deserting. Well, I guess you can call it that. I, I think of it as saving my neck. Somebody's out to kill me, Paladin. You're somebody whose toes you might have stepped on with your snooping? Oh, I suppose so. I'm, I'm not sure who could have found out, but I'm being followed. Somebody took a shot at me last night. I'm scared, and I'm running out. Well, you're going to get yourself in a real jam this time, Amos. You let me worry about that. Wait. Paladin, here. Take this, this map. Map? What for? It's the information I told you about. I have the documented proof of my findings. It's all in a chest buried in a safe place. Now, you keep the map. Yeah, well, what do I do with it? Well, it'll be safer with you, but don't do anything until you hear from me. I'll get in touch with you somehow. Don't do it this way, Amos. If you have information that you honestly feel should reach the president, let me help you see that he gets it. But go back to the fort. Don't desert. Paladin, it's too late for that. It's too late for anything except just what I'm doing. Amos, yesterday I said you were no longer a boy, that you were now a man. I was wrong. You're acting like a stupid child. I know what I'm doing. You don't. And I'm not going to let you make a fool of yourself. Now, come on. Now, don't try to... You're going don't back try to, stop to me, the fort Paladin. now. No, I'm not. Oh. Who did it? Who shot you? I, I... I'll track him down, Amos. Could you see who it was? No. Too dark. Well, let's get you to a doctor. No. No. Paladin? Yes. The map. The map? Yes. Place of singing water. Talika. Amos? Major Gerson, my name is Paladin. Oh, yes, yeah, sit down. You were with Lieutenant Leland last night when he... Most unfortunate thing. Yes, it was. Major... Early this morning, I followed the tracks of the horse that rode away from the scene. I finally lost the trail about, oh, four miles south. But this was an unshod horse, an Indian pony. Strange. Doesn't follow the pattern. That's not the way an Indian kills. No, I don't think it was an Indian. Do you have any suspicions? No, not really. 
Major, what do you know about the lieutenant's off-duty life while he was here at the fort? Oh, not much. He was a strange one. Didn't mingle. Kept to himself. Always seemed busy poking around alone. Do you know what he was doing? No. He was gathering evidence of incompetence and bungling in the Army to present to the chief executive. What? That's right. It was a sort of crusade. Oh, no wonder he was so busy. Lord knows he could find enough of it around here. Major, it's a sad thing to see a man die for a cause he believed in. Paladin, Lieutenant Leland was young. He was impatient. He allowed himself to forget his lessons on military strategy. That sometimes it's necessary to take other than the shortest route to achieve an objective. He had yet to find out that battles are not won easily, nor without some margin for error. I think he died for a cause he knew was right. Just what are you getting at, Paladin? What right are we to be tolerant of corrupt practices? Or to be intolerant of youthful impatience? Maybe a little more poking around and meddling is what we need. I repeat, just what are you getting at? Amos Leland was murdered, Major. Because in his poking around, he uncovered something pretty hot. He compiled documents of his findings and... Major, it's only fair to tell you that I'm going to try to locate them. And if I do... I feel obligated to carry out the boy's plan and see that they're placed in the hands of the president. Well, I can't stop you, Paladin. But before you get too involved, think it over. Apache Reservation. Does Talika mean anything to you? See, Talika is the most beautiful girl on all Apache Reservation. She's daughter of great chief. Only now it is so sad. Sad? Now Talika will cut her pretty hair and make dirty with suit her pretty face and wear the ugly dress. Why is that? For the great sorrow. It is the Apache way. She will mourn her husband, our good friend, Lieutenant Leland. Her husband? Amos was married to an Indian girl. Talika was his wife in Apache marriage ceremony. Only Apaches know this, and I know it, and now you know it. Pedro, wait a minute. Here. Yeah, this map here. Does this make any sense to you? Oh, but of course. Uh, this mark, this is tree that leans, and here is cradle rock. Uh, this map, uh, this is place of singing water. I want to go there, Pedro. Will you show me the way? Seguro. Are you sure this is the right spot? The map says. Oh, that wiki up there, what's that? That is wiki up of Amos Leland and his wife, Talika. Ah, they really made a home together. Apache home. Well, thanks, Pedro. You might as well go back now. I'll see you later. You dig, Senor Paladin. You dig, you find what you look for. Adios y buena suerte. Yes, goodbye, Pedro. Thank you. It is not much deeper, and a bit this way. Oh. Oh, well, I... I not mean to startle you. Please forgive me. I am Talika. Talika? You are beautiful. Um, uh, Talika, my name is Paladin. Paladin? Oh, yes. You were friend to Amos Leland. Your spade, Mr. Paladin... This way now. Big here. Oh. All right. 
there. Yeah. You see? Oh. The corner of wooden box. Oh. That is what you want. Well, is it not? Yes, it must be. Oh. Uh, by your permission. Yes, Mr. Paladin. Take it. Thank you. seem to know about this box, Talika. Yes, I do. Do you know what's in it? Yes. Bitterness. Bitterness. What are you trying to tell me, Talika? This. It is not in every man to be warrior, Mr. Paladin. Uh, no. But if it is not in man to be warrior, this man will say, let others be warriors. I will do what is for me to do. He will not hold bitterness in his heart and abuse those who are warriors. Uh, what you're saying is that Amos became bitter toward the whole army because he would never make a decent soldier, is that it? Yes. It is not easy for a man to have knowledge that he must fail when he is expected to prove himself as one of a line of great fighting men. But my husband did not look deep within himself to know this. I knew it, for I loved him very much. Well, I thought it was something I could do for Amos to take the information in this box to the president as he had planned to do. Mr. Paladin, mm. the great white father is welcome to it, but it will burden him. A box filled with hate and longing and anger. But take it. I have now to do what I must do. What's that, Talika? You are not stranger to our country, Mr. Paladin. You know Apache custom for the dead? To burn all the personal belongings, yes. There is not much. I had only part of his life. The wiki up, the buckskins he wore here, the bow my brother made him, things from our home. Talika... This belongs with the rest of his things. The box? Yes. Take it. Burn it, too. Thank you. It is right. I'm sure it is. But still, uh, Amos died for what is in that box. No matter what prompted it, he was a martyr to a cause. This will disturb you always. Will it not, Mr. Paladin? Uh, I'm afraid so. It must not. Did you know that Amos Leland was soon to resign from the army? Yes. Did you know that his plans were to return to the east coast of the country and marry a girl to whom he has long been betrothed? No. I didn't know that. Do not be disturbed, Mr. Paladin. Amos Leland did not die a martyr to a cause. He died because he betrayed an Indian girl. Talika? Yes. I killed him. Mr. Paladin? You please move so Missy Wong can mop in that corner? Oh, sure. Oh, I'm sorry, Miss Wong. Oh. I guess my mind was some other place. Mr. Paladin, seems like since you come back from trip, your mind some other place. That's the time. Yeah, I guess that's right. That's right. Well, it was a disturbing trip, Miss Wong. Uh, hey, boy, say you go to soup. Snoop. I guess you could call it that. Hey, boy, say... You go to see if boy have problem. Boy have problem, Mr. Paladin? Yes, he did. Oh. But there wasn't much I could do about it. His real problem was deep in the recesses of his mind. And he wasn't even aware of it. Oh, my. Poor people. Get all mixed up.
Have Gun, Will Travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced and directed in Hollywood by Frank Parrott and stars John Daner as Paladin with Ben Wright as Hayboy and Virginia Gregg as Miss Wong. Tonight's story was specially written for Have Gun, Will Travel by Ann Dowd. Featured in the cast were Vic Perrin, Don Diamond, Ken Lynch, and Lillian Byatt. This is Hugh Douglas inviting you to join us again next week when CBS Radio presents Have Gun, Will Travel. Gun Will Travel, on tuned to yesterday from October 9th, 1960, on CBS. And that brings to a close this hour of Westerns on tuned to yesterday. Be sure to be with us next time for more great programs from Radio's Golden Years. Until our next hour together, I'm Mark Lipionier. Thanks for tuning in.